Let's look in the Word today and uh, get something good here. Turn, if you would, to Mark eleven twenty-three, and uh, let's just see what we can dig out here. Preaching today on mountain moving words. Now, uh, this friend of mine, a great minister in South America, his name is uh, Brother R.R. Suarez. He has uh, about 3,500 churches under him in Brazil, which is not a small thing. It's really a denomination, if you think about it. And uh, then he's got churches in Argentina and around the world. And that's part of what I'm telling you today is uh, that's where that's who that's the ministry that we're connected with, that we ministered with in uh, South America, our recent trip. And uh, we did how many services did we do? 30, 37. We did 37 services in 37 churches. In other words, the same number of it was a one meeting per place. That we did four, uh, sometimes four services a day, uh, days in a row. Finally, about the, well, towards the end of it, I was like a zombie, to be honest. I, I finally uh, would get up there and be like, where am I and why am I here? But, uh, thank God for the anointing that he, we could push through. And, uh, we figured out it wasn't so much the meetings that were so, so, uh, draining. It's the car trip. Uh, an hour and a half, two hour, three hour drive between each place and uh, on roads that you wouldn't send your dog on uh, on a trip. You know, I mean, just really tough, tough roads, you know, uh, third world roads, basically. And uh, God bless them. They do the best they can. But it's just a tough, tough place to be. And uh, some of it. And um, we ended up in. Anyway, everywhere we went, people were saved and healed and filled with the Spirit. And they, uh, Pastor Scarlett can tell you, they so easily receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit uh, with evidence of speaking in tongues and so want that. And, and, and the amazing thing is we saw so many men, I mean, uh, that were desiring the things of God. Uh, was it, was it just the women, which is nothing wrong with the women, amen, wanting the things of God, but oftentimes... Uh, Seems like in our Western culture, the men kind of drag behind a little bit with the things of the spirit, but we want to, we want to see, uh, men, uh, being zealous for God as well. There's just a strength there that is good to see. There's some leadership there. Amen. And, uh, so, uh, it was good to see the men also hungry for the things of God and wanting, uh, the, the things of the spirit. So uh, anyway, we ended up in Buenos Aires and a, a very large church there. In fact, it was in a theater uh, in the heart of the city that at one time had been the um, largest theater in South America at the time it was built. So it had double balconies and uh, the, the whole floor was full of people. And uh, they were very hungry there, too, and very uh, zealous for God. So... We just thank God for uh, all the doors that God opened for us. They want us to come back to Argentina, and uh, they want Scarlett to do a women's conference there. And so, uh, praise God. 
was just on the phone with our, or on, you know, what do you call that? Texting. I don't, you know, I got texting. I got all kinds of things going on and I don't even know what to call it. Communications department with France. And it's like we're going to be going back to Nice sometime between now and the first of the year. So praise God, we stay out there for Jesus. Amen. And I know that you are in good hands here when we're gone. We appreciate uh, especially um, uh, Brother uh, Dave and Michelle for for um, ministering for us while we're gone. And I know they bring a good word and uh, help with the singing and everything. It's wonderful. Praise God. And then we also had uh, uh, Sister Pam uh, Bollinger and... She's always a blessing too. Praise God. So we, we're in good hands here. Amen. We're not neglected in any gift. <laughs> All right. Anyway, my friend Suarez, I was telling you about him. He, he said to me the first time I, uh, about the second time I met him, the first time I met him was in Tulsa. Praise the Lord. God's holy city. Um, and, um, I met him there and then, uh, the first trip that I took down to South America, to Brazil, um, he said to me one day, he said, why do you faith preachers in the United States say that faith moves mountains? And I said, well, because it does, doesn't it? <laughs> and he said, I, I, I saw he was going somewhere with that. I said, well, what are you saying? He said, Jesus never said faith moves mountains. He said words move mountains. And, um, when he said it to me, it really went off in my spirit as the right thing, the right way to think. In other words, ultimately, faith moves mountains. But so oftentimes we're thinking, well, if I only had enough faith, if I only could get my faith where where I need it to be, you know, to change this situation, to to pray this prayer, to to speak this word, then I could really, you know, move this situation and I could make a, a change and make a difference. But if you look at what Jesus said and what uh, the rest of the word says in in uh, conjunction with it, you'll see that it's our words that release our faith. So we can have all the faith in the world in our heart and down inside and have not the, I don't know, the courage, I think is a lot of times it's courage, um, the will, the strength, the chutzpah <laughs> to, to really say what needs to be said over a situation. And it's oftentimes because we think, well, I don't really believe that yet, so I'm not going to say it until I believe it. But the thing is, is that our faith is fed off of what we hear, and the number one source that we could hear the word is our own mouth. I mean, thank God for CDs and DVDs and, you know, downloads and MP3s and 4s and whatever you have to hear the word. Thank God for all those channels and avenues that we can hear the word now more than ever. If people want to hear the word, they really have no excuse not to because you can get it 24-7 somewhere, some way. Amen? But that's good. But there's something about hearing your own voice speak the word of God that really sets it off in your heart. Amen? 
So let's just get into this. Mark eleven twenty three. These aren't new scriptures. Um, For verily I say unto you, this is the words of Jesus. He said, For verily I say unto you, Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. So you see that the emphasis is on the word saith. It's a, it's more important. Uh, in other words, it's got a higher priority there uh, than any other thing is saying. Amen? Yes. Now, if you backed up to verse 22, you would see these words, Jesus answering, saith unto them, have faith in God. In the margin of my Bible, which well, I'm reading from the King James, but in the margin of my Bible and other translations, it'll say, or have the faith of God, or uh, have the God kind of faith. So, yes, he was saying have faith in God, but he was also saying have the faith that God has, or uh, uh, the operate, you could say operate, in the faith that God operates in. Well, what's that? Well, we won't turn there, but if you looked at the first book of the Bible, the first few uh, chapters, you would see the creation of the earth there and all that's in it, and you would see how God did it. He did it, and, uh, and Hebrews tells us that we know that God created the world by the words of his mouth. Amen? He said it, and of course, obviously, he believed what he said, amen, and he said it, and therefore it was. And so if you look at Genesis, it says God said, it doesn't say God thought, God hoped, God did some other, hit a, hit a button in heaven, God said, and it was so, God said, and it was so. And so uh, God said, let there be light, and there was light. So the God kind of faith, which Jesus then describes in, Mark, in, in verse 23, is the kind that says with the mouth and believes with the heart. Amen? So what's, what's the first thing he says in order? Because people say, well, I'm going to believe first. You know, a lot of Pentecostal people, when they started hearing teaching on faith and confession, they recoiled a little because it was like, well, I'm not going to say something I don't believe. I mean, that's just lying. Well, if you if you look at it from tr- strictly natural terms, I guess you could make an argument there. But we're not talking in natural terms here. We're operating in spiritual things. Amen. And we're operating. And faith is a spiritual uh, substance. The Bible says it's substance. Faith is a spiritual substance, a spiritual uh, value to it. Amen? So if you try to apply logic all the time to faith, you're never going to operate in faith. Amen? Because sometimes it's a little illogical. <laughs> it's against the flow. It's against maybe sometimes, like our sister's testimony, it's against what the doctors and the nurses and the Machines and everything else and medical science is saying, 
you're you're they're they're going downstream and you're paddling upstream against the current. So oftentimes faith is like that. We're believing God for finances when we're watching our balances go down. We're believing God for healing when we feel our health is ebbing away. We believe God for victory when we actually feel a little depressed and a little fearful and sad. But we go against the grain. Amen. We go against the tide in faith and go against the tide in our confession. Praise God. Preach, Pastor. And um, and in fact, once we get the hang of this, so to speak, and once we understand it, we begin to uh, see that the harder it becomes, the more we want to speak to it. Amen? It's kind of like training a dog, you know. I mean, you, the, the, the more it rebels, the more you tell it how it's going to be. And so the important thing is to, there's so many elements here that you don't have time to cover in one service. But the important thing is to, um, number one, get your spirit man in the driver's seat. If your emotions are in the driver's seat, uh, you know, evict them. <laughs> Amen. And you can't use the excuse of, well, this is just the way I am, and I've always been touchy, and blah, 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 blah. Well, as long as you, uh, you know, give place to that, that's what's going to rule and reign. Now, I don't know about you. I'll tell you about me. My feelings are so flaky and fickle and nutty sometimes that I don't dare trust them for anything. I don't try to make a decision based on just feeling. Because your feelings can change from day to day and your blood sugar can go up and down and you can have chemical imbalance and you can have brain damage. And I don't know what all it seems like (laughs) for momentary things, right? Am I the only one? And, uh, you know, if you, how would you, you know, if you just went, of course, you know, being married to Scarlett is just heaven on earth, but. Generally speaking, uh, for a long period of time, how can you stay in a relationship or stay married or anything if you just went by how you felt at any given moment? You know, you have some days you feel all euphoric and wonderful and lollipops and, you know, daisies. But then the next day, it's not so much so. And then the same with work. You know, what if you went to work only when you felt excited about it? You ever gotten up to go to work and you're thinking, I can't believe that alarm clock just went off. I can't believe I've got to get dressed and go to this horrible job that I hate. I mean, has anybody ever been there? And But you go anyway, because you know if you don't go, they don't pay you. <laughs> Amen. So uh, it's the same with coming to church. You know, I appreciate all of you that get up on Sunday and come here. Amen. Because uh, it takes a little more effort. You could always use the excuse of, well, it's an extra day. And yesterday, Saturday, was taken over by this and that and the other. And now, I don't know if I feel like going or not. You know, I just, you know, I can watch it on live stream. Praise the Lord. Remember, there's three benefits to watching church on live stream. One, you can go to church in your pajamas. Number two... 
You can have popcorn during the service. Number three, you can mute the pastor if you don't like what he's saying. <laughs> Sorry. Or change channels. Let's go to First Baptist and see what they're saying. All right. Praise God. Anyway, number one, again, back to number one. Get your, get your spirit man in the driver's seat if it's not already. And, uh, you, you make your, your feelings subservient to that. Amen. And your soul. Don't let your soul be in the driver's seat. What is your soul? Your mind, your will, and your emotions. Don't let them be in your driver's seat. Put the spirit man there. Amen. Because your spirit man's already automatically connected to the mind and will of God and the Holy Spirit. Praise God. Now, if you didn't get anything more out of this today than that, that would be a, a valuable nugget. Now, we have not only that, but we have... Um, Confession connected to that spirit man. And when you confess the word of God and you talk in your regular speech in, in agreement with the word of God, you're putting all the forces of the universe, so to speak, at your disposal. Everything's running in conjunction with God's will. Call those things that be not as though they were, according to Romans 4. Amen. And keep calling it, and you say, well, it's not changing. Yes, it is. According to the Word of God, it is changing, and it has to change. Has anybody ever been confessing, been praying, been believing for something for a long time, and it seems like it's never coming, and all of a sudden the day arrives when the thing, sometimes you forgot you claimed it, and it arrives. It's like ordering something from Amazon that got on back order and you forgot about it. And then here it shows up on your porch and you go, I wonder what that is. I didn't order anything. And then you open it and you go, oh, yeah, I did. I ordered it a long time ago. Well, you put in the order. You paid for it. Well, praise God, Jesus prepaid our orders, whatever we need in this world. And you need to speak it out. Amen. And even if you forgot it, God hasn't forgotten. Thank you, Sister Pastor's wife. All right. Y'all getting anything out of this at all? All right. How many would rather be here in the best jail sale in Pasco County? Praise God. All right. So, uh, again, Jesus saying that we need to be saying and, and stick with what we say. Mountain moving words. You've got a mountain in your life, a mountain of debt, a mountain of fear, a mountain of, of illness, whatever the mountain is. Speak to it and keep talking to it. Amen. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And remind it that it's rebuked. Remind it that it's defeated. Remind the devil that he's under your feet and all of his power and forces are under your feet. Amen. He's he's a bully and he's a liar. And like um, our sister testified, the devil appeared and or made an appearance in her in her room, and uh, she rebuked him in Jesus' name. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. 
well, you know, Hollywood's made movies about devils and demons and you're supposed to be afraid and scared and throw up and whatever when you see one. But in Jesus' name, you put them on the run with the word of God. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Amen. If God be for me, who can be against me? And if God's on our side, then who, you know, what does it matter who's on the other side? It doesn't matter. Praise the Lord. If you have Tom Brady, you don't care about anybody else. But now he's retired and re- reassigned up for the second time, so I don't know. He's kind of like Barbara Streisand having the fi- farewell tour. I think she had farewell tours for 15 years. Praise God. It's called the long goodbye. All right. Romans 10. Hallelujah. Let's look at that. Now, you know I love these scriptures. A lot of you know I preach this a lot, but i got a part of it that I want you to see that I think will help you. Uh, Romans 10, 9 and 10, that if thy, thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Now, there, there's so many ways you could go with this. One is just at face value. The word salvation there uh, is a Greek word, uh, sozo or solteria, which means an all-inclusive term that includes everything in Abraham's blessing comes to you. Amen? Salvation, healing, prosperity, every blessing, favor, peace, etc. So uh, we, get, we can, can, we can uh, receive all that through this. Now, also, you could, you could put a fill in the blank there without changing the heart or intent of scripture. If thou shalt confess with thy mouth, the, uh, and then you could put in anything there. You could confess anything the Lord Jesus provides, and it would be under faith. Amen. So, if thou shalt confess with thy mouth, uh, healing or, or salvation, uh, finances, whatever you need, a new job, a promotion, a new car, <laughs> confess it. And even in thine heart, that is the word of faith which we preach. Um, so, look at verse 10, where with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto um Salvation. Now, again, the word unto there could, you could put a fill in the blank and put whatever you need. Amen. In there. I know this is simple, but we, I need to hear it again. So maybe you're beyond where I am at. God bless you. All right. So I want you to see here on this that, um, Obviously, since Paul, you know, Jesus said it, now we have Paul saying it, and it's repeated again and again in the Word about the importance of our confession. Hallelujah. So I'm not talking about some nut that sits around and and just chants or whatever, you know, the same thing over and over again and craziness, or you got to say it so many times for it to come to pass. I actually asked Kenneth Hagin one time, 
I said, how many times do you confess things when you pray, you know, the prayer of faith and so forth? How many times do you say it? He said, once. Why? And I said, well, that's what I thought, too. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought. Well, I just once. Because I'd been saying some things like <laughs> 158,000 times, you know, with no manifestation whatsoever. And here I asked the, the guru of faith, <laughs> how many times do you say it? And he says, once. I felt like an idiot. <laughs> I thought, and he looked at me and said, why? I said, well, that's what I thought, too. (laughs) Touche. (laughs) Reverendo. But uh, really, that's true. I mean, you could say it just once and stick by it. And you don't, and and, and, um, I believe that, and I don't care how many times we confess something, I believe that first time that we confess it in real heart faith is the one that counts. It takes. It doesn't have to be. You know, you don't have to do it 95 times. I mean, um, uh, I won't go there. It's too mean. All right. Look at what T.L. Osborne said, mean preachers make mean people. So we don't want to become a mean preacher. Well, here's a pic, here's one of my flyers from the meeting in, uh, Nova Campinas, praise the Lord, Brazil. I have no idea where that is. It was one of the many places that I was brutalized and taken to. All right. Look at Job 22. Here. Praise God. Job 22 and uh, verse 28. Thou shalt also decree a thing, and it shall be established unto thee, and the light shall shine upon thy ways. Now notice again the word decree. So we need to get to the place where we are comfortable declaring and decreeing. And, you know, you can be a little formal about it. I'm not saying get all religious, but you can be a little bit determined about it, a little bit uh, targeted with your faith. If you learn to use your faith and your confession like a weapon, amen, I think it'll work for you better. For example, I've always been uh, a person that used and encouraged others to use, you know, it can be a sticky note or it can be a three-by-five card, and write your scripture down that, you're, that you've got authority. That's the law for you. You say, I've got scripture here. This says, Jesus bore my sicknesses and carried my pains. Isaiah 53 and write down, you know, the scripture. And then on the other side of the three by five card, you know, one's blank and the other's got lines. On the other side, write your confession that goes with that scripture and say, and put your name in there and say, this belongs to me. Amen. Amen. So you can say, I confess that 
I'm healed from the top of my head to the soles of my feet because uh, Isaiah 53, verses 4 and 5, say it belongs to me. Whatever, something like that. You make your confession. And you, and you, and you, um, hold on. So if, if your need is healing, you might want to focus on that a little more than other things. But you can carry three or four or five of these cards around with you. Amen. And then just as you're thinking about your problem and you're thinking about your need and you're thinking about what you need the Lord to do, get these instead of just sitting there worrying about it and sweating it out. Amen. Fretting and sweating. <laughs> get the, get that script, that card out and, and, and read the scripture out loud, turn it over and then make a confession based on what that scripture says. You'll find your answers are coming faster and faster. Has anybody ever practiced this, experienced it, seen it happen? All right. So we need to decree a thing. And, you know, you could have a hear ye, hear ye if you wanted to. I've often made confessions and I've said, I'm confessing. Now, I'd be the only one in the room at home alone or in my car. And I've said, I confess and I declare and decree, you know, and then whatever it was I needed, finances or whatever, in three worlds. Whoever's listening, in heaven, earth, and hell, this is the truth about me. Amen. Amen. All right. Now, let's look at uh, one more passage here. You getting anything out of this today? Look at Matthew uh, 12. And this one... uh, is really interesting. So how many can see why we might make the statement, you have what you say? Because Jesus really said that. Now, I, I've had I've had friends, in-laws and outlaws, argue that with me and said, well, you're just one of those name-it-claim-it people. And... Um, and uh let's see where where am I going? Matthew twelve. I'm in thirty three. That ain't that ain't cutting it, is it? Matthew twelve thirty seven. Yeah. So the um Like I said, I've had friends, in-laws, and outlaws argue with me over, you know, make fun of that. Call it, name it, and claim it. Blab it and grab it. You're you're one of those churches. Y'all live in denial. You won't admit when things, you know, aren't going well. You just live in denial. I say, I don't live in denial. I live in Florida. Denial's in Egypt, pretty sure. And I don't live in Egypt. I'm living in Canaan's land. So get out of denial. That sounds better in your head than when you actually say it, you know. Bad jokes. 
But no, we're not, we're not saying, you know, we're not saying that there's not a problem. If there wasn't a problem, you wouldn't even need to address it. We're addressing it because there's an issue. Amen. And acknowledging there's an issue. Now the question is how to deal with it. Just accept it. Here comes a steamroller down the street at my house. I'm just going to lay there and be smashed. Or you're going to get out of the way or you're going to do something. You're going to do something. You're going to take action. Amen. Yeah. And um, you're going to sue the steamroller company. That's one thing you're going to do. But, uh, you know, here comes the steamroller of life at you. And you it's, it's how to stop it. It's how to turn it around and get it out of your life. Amen. Yeah. And so we're not we're not as crazy as as the anti-faith people have tried to paint the picture. And uh, now we have some crazy faith people. That is true. But there's crazy everything. Any group's got crazy people in it. So come on. You know, that's unfair. Well, we had this one guy, and he was from Ramah, and he was a nut. Yeah, well, I've met nuts at every juncture of life. How about you? I've had nuts sitting next to me on the airplane that you just prayed and took authority over because you didn't want them to go for the door or something. You know, I mean, come on. That's so unfair. Well, there was a nut from Ramah. There was a nut that used to work for Kenneth Hagin. There was a nut. Well, so what? You're a nut. So there. And besides that, maybe you smell. I don't know. You know, it becomes like an argument like two eighth graders on the playground. You smell. Well, you smell. Well, you smell worse. Well, your mama smells. Well, you know, and then then you got a little brawl. And that's, that's how it's, it's how it gets to be in church land, you know, everybody accusing everybody. But I did ask this question every time I'd get into one of these arguments over faith and confession. I would say, well, what did Jesus mean by <laughs> you have what you say? What did he actually mean? Because you're saying he didn't mean that. What did he mean? I've, I, none, I've never had anybody get back with me on that. Because it's pretty clear, isn't it? Whosoever shall say, and now doubt in his heart shall believe those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. What did he mean if he didn't mean that? And if he didn't mean it, why did he say it? Amen? Well, it's not a matter of some can operate in faith and others can't. It's that some won't. It's just flat out rebellion, to be honest. All right. And they sound like humble. Well, I don't have a confession. Whatever the Lord wants to do for me, that's fine. Well, that's crazy too. Come on. You need to go get tested. Whatever the Lord wants. That's Calvinism. 101 is all that is, is you don't have a will. You just kind of, you're just like a, piece of bark floating down the river of life, running what you're going to run into next and or see if you become part of a, of a beaver dam somewhere, <laughs> right? Yeah. No, well, that's not the way to be. God didn't make us to be zombies, pre-programmed zombies, just going around. We don't know where we are, or what's going to happen next. Our theme song is K Sarah Sarah. That is not, that is not, um, it's not scriptural in any way. Amen. Well, let's look at this and then we'll move, we'll finish up. 
This is the part that really spoke to me for today. Uh, for by thy words, verse 37, by thy words thou shalt be justified. Now these are the words of Jesus. And by thy words thou shalt be condemned. Uh, you know, usually we think about that in terms of, you know, saying, uh, you know, something offhanded or, or, uh, too colorful <laughs> for church or whatever, you know, something, something obscene or offhanded or a lie. Well, certainly we shouldn't be involved in any of that, but that's not really what he's meaning here. He's meaning that whatever you, whatever you speak, that's the way your life is going to go. In other words, you, uh, it says you, you'll be justified or condemned. Amen. And so it would be good to start with, I'm justified by the blood of Christ. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm a new creature in Him. That's justification words. I'd rather have those words. I'd rather have pardoned and justified and saved and made righteous words. Going out, then, well, y'all pray I'll make it to next Wednesday, cause you know, you just never know. I'm just real tempted, like really bad about some things. Well, you've just condemned yourself with your own words. Do you understand that? A lot of times we think, well, God's the justifier and he's the condemner. But according to this scripture, we have some power there to justify or condemn ourselves. Yeah. And so if you speak, sickness on yourself all the time, you're gonna be, you're gonna, that, that's, that's gonna be what's attracted to you. In other words, you condemn yourself to, you know, some, some, some tough times. And if you speak poverty over yourself, well, I'm just poor and, you know, mama, grandma never had anything, mama never had anything, I ain't gonna have anything, nobody, you know, just poverty, poverty, poverty. If you're not careful, you will bring that on you, not because that was God's will, not because that even necessarily the devil targeted you. I got news for you. You're not targeted by the devil. We're all targeted by the devil. We're all in that together. So don't feel like, feel sorry. Well, I think I'm just a target for the devil. You think you're alive on the planet. Of course you are. Get over it. But the point is, is that uh, you're not some special target. That's what I'm trying to say. And so, you know, we think that when something bad happens, well, the devil's just targeted us. Something good happens. Well, God just decided all of a sudden to bless us. But so much of what happens, good or bad, in our life is following our words that we speak about ourselves. And we can be justified. Now, if you're justified, that means on the word that the curse is over. It's broken. If you're if you're condemned, it means the curse is in is is in force. So even though Jesus paid the price for us by becoming the curse, he didn't just pay the price, he was the price. That's a whole other ser sermon. But he the Bible says he was the propitiation. He was the price set for our sins. Amen. Isn't that wonderful? And so uh he broke the curse. Galatians 3.13 tells us, becoming a curse for us. 
He broke the curse off of us. Amen. But you can kind of re-engage with the curse if you're not careful by cursing yourself. I told you there was this guy that the businessman that I did did some transactions with in in uh, Tulsa, and uh, he was from Arizona, and just. You, you know, like an honest sinner. You ever met one of those? <laughs> Pretty good guy, but just a sinner and won't, not all that interested in God. And he, um, anything he said unusual or whatever, he would say, I'll be damned. You ever heard anybody talk? I'll be damned. Well, I'll just be, I'll be damned. And I finally said to him, his name was George. I said, George, stop saying that. He said, why? I said, because you're going to be damned if you keep damning yourself. God's not damning you. Jesus died for the ungodly and he qualified. But I'm just telling you, he's going around saying, oh, I'll be damned. Well, you know, you wouldn't hear most Pentecostal, full gospel, charismatic, word of faith, uh, on the edge, over the edge Christians, you know, cutting edge, cutting edge, <laughs> the cutting edge church. <laughs> Praise God. Some of them went over the edge. But, um, you know, you wouldn't hear anybody like that talking about, you, you, talking like that. I mean, I never heard Christians talk like that. Usually it's sinners that talk like that, you know, that say, well, I'll be damned. Or I'll just, you know, or, you know, some other word uh, that I won't even hint at. But, you know, they'll say horrible things about themselves like that. Most Christians wouldn't, but they will curse themselves with other words by saying, well, I'm just, you know, any disease that comes through the town, I get it first. You know, every flu season, I'm the first one to get it. I just tell you, you know, line, 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 on and on. Y'all pray for me. And I, I, I'll speak up and say, I ain't praying for you. Why? Well, because it won't do any good. Your confession is, is shooting my prayer out of the sky. It's no good. What am I going to pray? That you'll be paralyzed in the mouth so you won't talk anymore? What prayer would I pray? Amen. So you, you understand what I'm saying. Uh, to, you know, people say, well, you know, nothing good ever happens for us. You know, Bob's up for a promotion, but who knows if he's going to get it. Usually those things fall through. Y'all pray for us. I'm not praying. It's a waste of time. My prayer would be that the eyes of you, I'll pray, but it's not going to be the prayer you want. I'm going to pray that the eyes of your understanding to be enlightened, that you can see the word, the, the, you know, the, right? Like, like Paul said. Boy, I'm over time, aren't I? Sorry. Anyway, uh, it, that brings up this, that your prayers, your faith and your prayers will never rise above the words of your mouth. So you can ask for prayer all day long, have hands laid on you. We can put enough oil in your hair to make Caesar salad, uh, you know, <laughs> all kinds of things can happen <laughs> with that. But uh, it's not going to do any good if your confession doesn't change. Amen. Well, praise God. You know, that's a reminder to me. You ever get get a little soft in this? I do. Sometimes I'm saying things that I said something well, the other day, and Scarlett said, okay, well, I'll agree with that if you want me to, and it wasn't a good thing. I said, no, no, don't agree with that. It's a subtle way of saying you shouldn't be saying that, but amen. It's true. We can help each other, right? 
by saying, praise God. Somebody says, well, I'm just, I don't know what's going to happen. Well, you tell me what's going to happen. You can decide your destiny. You can declare what's going to happen. You can say what's going to happen here is, you know, that investment's going to pay off or, or, or this money's going to come through or someone's going to do something or something's going to happen. Amen. You declare what's going to, well, now we just don't, we're just, we're just in a wait and see mode. We don't know what's going to happen. You know, it sounds so normal. People talk like this. Did you know that in the world? But we're not of the world. We're peculiar people. We're going to talk differently and have different results too. Amen. And you heard what the testimony this morning, you know, um, these folks, this family, they decided, they decided how it was going to be. Not what the doctor said or what it looked like. Well, you just never know what the Lord's will is. Yes, you do. If you read the Bible, ding dong. You know, but people try to sound so spiritual with stuff like that. Well, you just never know. Well, they're wringing their hands as they're saying it, which is a sign of a problem. But, you know, well, you just never know what the Lord's going to do. <laughs> you know, in the name of Jesus, shut up. We, we, you know, we're rebuking the devil. We don't need to rebuke the, the Rebecca Sunday School class along with it. Anybody heard of the Rebecca Sunday? Anyway. Praise God. We had, we had, in this one church my dad pastored, we had a, the Sunday school, the Sunday school rooms were all downstairs in the basement, you know, half the, half the, half basement up out of the church, you know. And this, we had was one church that the Sunday school teacher was the meanest woman you ever wanted to meet in your life. And she had a sign up that said, if every church member was like me in this church, what kind of church would this be? And as a kid, I used to go stand there and look at that sign, and I thought about it. I thought, it would be like hell on earth. That's what. But anyway, that's beside the point. Okay, praise God. <laughs> Let's lift our hands praise God. Thank God for the word. I'll make a prayer here for the those watching by Internet. In Jesus' name, you can enjoy this prayer, too. If you've got a physical ailment or problem, put your hand where you're suffering. Jesus will touch you there, and we're going to pray and believe God here. In the name of Jesus, those that are watching by Internet, Father, I thank you for touching them today. Those that don't know Jesus as Lord and Savior, Lord, I thank you for uh, uh, um, the fact that they can call on the name of the Lord this morning. They can be saved. They can make Jesus Lord of their life. I thank you that you answer that cry and that prayer, that heart. In Jesus' name, Lord, those that want to be filled with the Spirit, I thank you that you fill them today and you touch them and that they know that they're being touched and that they have manifestations, uh, including speaking in tongues and being filled with the Holy Spirit. Father, those that have a, a healing need, in the name of Jesus, I command blind eyes to open, deaf ears to unstop, lame legs to walk, cancers and tumors to dry up and disappear and, and fall away. In Jesus' name, any kind of heart condition, digestive condition, uh, muscular, skeleton conditions, anything to do with the bones and the blood, in the name of Jesus, be healed and be whole from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. Those suffering from dementia or Alzheimer's or other uh, cognitive uh, challenges, Parkinson's disease, in Jesus' name, be healed and whole today, in the name of Jesus. 
Father, those that are tormented by evil spirits and have mental health issues, we thank you for the comforting of the Holy Spirit. We thank you, Lord, for helping and healing and touching in Jesus' name. Those that have material and financial needs, Father, I thank you that you show yourself strong this week in their life and that they know that you care about them and that you're moving on their behalf. Father, I thank you for these things in Jesus' name. Be healed, be whole, be restored in Jesus' name. Amen. Again, let's lift our hands and thank God for these answered prayers in the name of Jesus. Amen.